0: Stay fly. This criminal and justice system is broken on a really, really large scale, even to include our schools in the school to prison pipeline. We have some of the
1: best and highly trained police officers in the world. What will stop this
0: is when they have to pay the same way I pay if I harm another human. You know, we were told when we watched the video, we were kind of threatened and told, come and watch this video but we're going to release it to the public. And after we watched it, the offer, I remember... You're listening to The Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly.
1: They all that The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> Hey, this is Artie Thomas here on the Vol School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho of Honor's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe, and share. He's saying some good things. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. I guess we're going to leave the Hampton Road Theory and go through the state,
2: the beautiful state of Virginia. So who do we have on the show tonight, brother? She's a Morgan State graduate. She also has a master's and has used it to become a teacher. She also has been an assistant principal. She's Princess Blanding, and Princess is running to be Virginia's governor in 2021, but on the banner of the Liberation Party. We're going to get into the Liberation Party. We're going to get into the depths of your run. But first, how are you and how's your week been?
0: I'm pushing along. I'm well, thank you. And uh, my, my week has been very... Um... Productive, you know, um, very, very, uh, a very productive week. Um, you know, as there's, you know, I have a full time job uh, as an educator, and I also am again running for governor. So, yeah, it's been a good week. Every day that I'm, you know, here and able to keep pushing forward, it's a great week. It's a great day. How's that? how's the life of an educator? It's 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 difficult. I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, as an educator, you know, um, you know, over 13 years, and now, you know, dealing with such a drastic change, you know, in the world of COVID, um, it's it's different not just because um i am sitting at home teaching but because i'm seeing my baby struggle even more you know um and i'm seeing students who were struggling uh pre-covid we're losing way too many you know and so again it keeps my wheels turning as to you know what do we need to do differently you know to ensure that we're not allowing our students to get pushed even further behind you know um and just being really really um you know, innovative and thinking outside of the box, so that we can uh, ensure that you know our students still get those main core components that they need to demonstrate understanding and be able to move forward with their education post the pandemic.
1: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I also am a teacher, and so I'm also in my little home studio teaching, you know, four classes, and it's 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 really disparaging because some of our students really needed the structure coming off that bus, going into a environment where it was a little more strict. It was stricter than home. And they couldn't get away with stuff that they could get away with in the home environment. And they were asked to do things and be responsible in a way that they weren't asked in their home environment. So um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really disappointing to see so many of our students that are uh, not doing well. But we're here to talk about you, so let's talk about you. You said that we need to dismantle the two-party system. Absolutely. I gotta ask about that.
0: Gotta ask. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. And so, yeah, you know... um, you know, for myself, I know this summer was like the, the last straw for me. Um, and I worked alongside um, legislators here in Virginia, such as, uh, you know, Senator Jennifer McCullen, such as Senator um, Heshmi, Senator Jeremy McPike, uh, Delegate Jeff Bourne. And, you know, although I think they are, are, are great people, you know, uh, they made their allegiance to the party and not to the people. And that is not okay. And what we see too often is that, you know, not just here in Virginia, Virginia, excuse me, but uh, people across the country that we're put in a situation where we have to choose between the lesser of two evils. And I'm referring to the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, when neither of the parties are truly put in the needs, concerns and priorities of the people first. Um, and so, again, we believe that you can't simply just whine and cry and complain about a problem. You have to get to the point where you are willing to step out of your comfort zone and be the, a part of the solution to ensure um, the future that we all deserve. We believe that liberation is a human right. It is absolutely not a privilege, you know, based on any factors. And so, again, um being a part of the solution, one of the uh, mediums or means of being a part of the solution is to rise up a strong independent party. And I remember over the summer, I, I was saying that a lot uh, and probably even more so before I really, truly anticipated on doing it. But I just knew that the two party system was broken and that it was continuously failing Virginians uh, across the Commonwealth. And, and, and here we are now, you know, there's no turning back at this point, you know, the, the, uh, Democratic Party and a Republican Party both should be concerned.
2: Well, I want to touch on your part of Virginia itself. You just touched on the entirety of the Commonwealth. And as you just touched on in the video, you're from uh, Middle Peninsula and you also have a rural working class background. So could you give us a good rundown of your favorite parts of your area of Virginia and any great businesses and attractions?
0: Sure. So I'm from New York, upstate New York originally. But again, I've been here in Virginia since 2004. So this is my home. And I live in the Middle Peninsula. Um, It's it's it was culture shock for me. Let me first start off by saying coming from the city, living in now in a very rural area. But I love it. I love it. I have my ducks. You know, I'm a real Country girl now, and I love just the simplicity of life out here. I love walking outside and smelling the fresh air. You know, I love being able to to garden. Um, I love being able to to go. One of my favorite areas uh, <laughs> is the um, volunteer fire department thrift stores. That those are my favorite locations uh, because I love to. Uh, thrift shop. Um, and just around here, everybody, you, you get to know everybody and you get to build relationships, um, you know, with your community members. And, you know, yeah, that's that's you know, around here as far as attractions are concerned, probably about five miles or so away from me is uh, Beth Page uh, Campground, uh, which is in Urbana. And that area, um, you know, at least once a year, it brings in a, a large crowd of people for the Oyster Festival. Um, and so that's kind of like the a big hooray out my way. Um, But again, I I live out here in the rural area and it took a while for me to adjust uh, being a city girl, but I love it. I feel really, really fortunate to, um, you know, have the space where I'm able to do things such as composting, you know, and and Mm -hmm. use that compost to, you know, grow food, you know, for myself and for my family, Um, you know, and so. Yeah, that's what it's like out here for me. I tell people I see more deer than people oftentimes. <laughs> um, do I have this right? Did you also uh, do piano? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't play that much anymore. I don't think I have that much time. But uh, when I was a little girl back up in New York, uh, about seven years old, I um, my oldest sister, one of my older sisters, was playing the piano, and I was like, "I want to learn how to play." So, since about seven, my mother started me on private piano lessons until I went off to Morgan State University. So, uh, yeah, that's something I was able to pass down um, at least to my oldest daughter. My other two uh, children kind of fiddle around here and there. And right, uh, that um, you have been involved in community
2: issues even before the past several years.
0: I have. So, you know, mostly, you know, I'm going to kind of go back some. I remember as a young girl, uh, you know, probably a young teenager, you know, sitting on my porch, you know, back home and, you know, always mentoring to the young people, just trying like, well, let me say younger than me. Right. I think people always told me I was an old soul trapped in a young body, but always just trying trying to mentor to you know some of the younger ones um and and get them and try to keep them on the right track and you know after I became an educator um, in Essex um let me go back after I became a school administrator so it was probably about my seventh year in education um I had started a program called stop um students thriving through mentorship opportunities um through students striving through opportunities, mentorship, and perseverance. And, you know, we had teachers volunteer to help students to be able to access things that they wouldn't normally be able to do and opportunities, such as I was able to take them to the museums in D.C. We did some volunteer work, you know, such as at the dog shelter and cleaning up, uh, you know, in the community. So that was something that meant a lot to me because I noticed that there weren't any positive activities for our students to do at the school and an idle mind, you know, can get in a lot of trouble, so it was something positive for students to do, and the, and the um, quantity of students started to grow really, really nicely, and then we had an overturn in upper administration, and I can no longer do that. And then after Marcus was um, unjustly uh, murdered, you know, it just continued to bump up, you know, to me, uh, taking a strong stance, you know, for mental health, racial uh, justice, um, and criminal justice.
1: Hmm. Okay. So, Tell us more about Marcus David Peters and how this brings us to you running for governor.
0: Sure. So um, I'm one of 12 on one side and um, Marcus, I believe, was the third youngest. And as I said earlier, I was an assistant principal at Essex High School. And we um, one of our teachers, for whatever reasons, um, had to leave kind of shortly after the start of the year and we were in desperate need of a science teacher which Any educator knows that teachers aren't always easy to find, but especially our science teachers, right? Like our SPED teachers. And so um, I knew Marcus had a background in biology and we needed a biology teacher. And so I, you know, kind of remember calling him saying, hey, you know, Poppy, we need somebody. Is this something you're interested in? And, you know, he took it on in October. So he didn't have that pre-service time, complete novice at, at teaching. But he jumped in and quickly, you know, hit the road running and gravitated towards our students. And, you know, on May um, 14th, 2018, after he taught a full day, um, you know, Marcus went towards his home. He went home in Henrico, uh, met his girlfriend, and he had a brief conversation. He was supposed to come quickly make a run to the Jefferson Hotel, where he worked a second job as security, as unfortunately too many teachers have to do. And um, he promised to quickly get back and take her to VCU to return textbooks, and he never returned back. And what we what we saw was that Marcus started to display a lot of atypical uh, behaviors that caused him to uh, first flag, um, you know, at least to us initially was by him hitting some vehicles. And we uh, saw some video footage, um, you know, of him derobing at the Jefferson Hotel, uh, which quickly evolved to, um, you know, him having an encounter with a police officer um, and Marcus stepping out of his car completely undressed, uh, completely unarmed, as evident by him being undressed, running towards the highway. And we can hear an officer saying that this individual is mentally stable as we speak. However, the officer escalated the situation by, you know, engaging with Marcus instead of just waiting a moment or more, you know, for either the officer who was on the other side of the highway to come or the large quantity of officers that quickly uh, showed up on the scene and he, you know, after identifying Marcus was mentally unstable, he uh, approached him with a gun and a taser, you know, and expected for him someone that's not in your right state of mind you know, to follow verbal commands you know, that's not too smart, right? So again, it, it resulted in Marcus being tased with one electrode penetrating in his body, so if you're a science teacher, you know that you need both of them to create a closed circuit, so therefore it was ineffective, and then the officer Officer, a discharge his service weapon uh, shooting Marcus three times um, and the Commonwealth Attorney deemed it was a justifiable homicide as my family and I were told throughout the entire process to trust the system and the system deemed it a justifiable homicide however Governor Northam just signed off on a Marcus Alert bill we have a lot of broken pieces here who was that's, only- that's that's oh, kind hold, hold
1: of a backstory of Marcus. Who
0: deemed it justifiable sure, and man. what are we doing about them now? right. So um, it was the the first Commonwealth attorney was Michael Heron, and he deemed my brother's murder a justifiable homicide. Uh, You know, during the Richmond Uprise this summer, one of our demands of the Richmond community was to reopen Marcus's case to give him a second chance at justice. And uh, Colette McEachin, the current Commonwealth attorney, both of them black, um, also deemed it a justifiable homicide as well. And so, you know, what we you know, to answer your question, so what are we doing down you know um as far as marcus as far as you know just looking at you know mental health looking at housing disparities looking at racial criminal injustices um in totality uh, environmental justices what we do know is that our fight can't be exclusively in the streets that there comes a point where our fight has to expand from the streets to the seats of these key positions in order to get the way the people deserve. And so we will get justice for Marcus, David Peters, there's no doubt in my mind, but we can't bring Marcus back, and that's something that I understand, that we understand. But what we have every ability to do is to ensure that a person having a mental health crisis never has a death sentence. You know, It's kind of like saying a person who's a diabetic whose kidneys are now failing and they're dependent on dialysis because that organ failed, we're going to demonize you and we're going to kill you. We don't do that with any other major organ in the body except for the brain. We've got a lot of issues that we need to address. And so, um, you know, twice it was deemed a justifiable homicide, but it's not over. You know, again, we have to move it from the streets to the seats of these key positions. And that includes supporting others who are running for Commonwealth Attorney, you know, per se, that will truly put the people over profit and politics in the establishment. I was just about oh, to ask: yeah, isn't, isn't Mark
1: running for something right now? Which Mark? Herring,
2: uh, Attorney General. He's uh, running again <sighs> against Jay Jones from Norfolk. That's correct. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Delegate
0: Jay Jones.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> salute to Andrea Dixon, who says that this is why black faces in high places is meaningless if you're going to keep the status quo. Uh, and, and what what I say to that
0: is, you know, and I, I've said it many times and, you know, i um, not here to say what people want to hear, but what needs to be heard. And I thank you, um, you know, Ms. Dixon, because sometimes, you know, we get excited about a black face, you know, or a face that, you know, uh, that we can identify with getting into some of these key positions. But we have to look at what they're they're about. What is it that you're actually going to do? Because too many of us allow ourselves to become a black pawn, is what I call them. You know, you you get in these key uh, uh, positions, but you, again, become a pawn of the establishment, although you know better. You know, uh, and some a lot of times it's pushed because of people's own personal, uh, um, you know, interests, you know, their own personal political interests. And again, it goes back to and I know it sounds like a broken record, but we need fearless leaders who are going to put people over politics and profit. Because, again, many of them may go in it with the right intentions, but they, they're they not held accountable, you know, to the people who put them in those key positions. Now, you yeah. just mentioned that we got to stopped from fighting in the
2: streets to going up and fighting for the seats. But before you went for that, you did begin with a a grassroots effort. Um, In fact, it was barely a week or two after that shooting that you were creating justice and reformation. Um, Could you break down your process with that, what you sought to do? Um, Did you have demands? And could you actually meet with representatives in Richmond and state government?
0: You the streets into the seats, right? So I'm not saying we stop it. We just can't let it be exclusively in the streets, right? And so, um, yeah, after Marcus was murdered, I, I remember seeing, you know, for one, I remember the call and I remember going to the hospital, you know, and quickly, you know, I remember it, you know, and it was like, there was no time to grieve because I quickly remember seeing Marcus's undressed body being flaunted all over the media, Uh, with the narrative of crazy black men. And I knew that was not who Marcus David Peters was. Marcus David Peters was a goofball. Marcus David Peters was a black man who graduated top of his class in this very rural area where black people are the minority, you know, especially our young black uh, people in our schools. You know, that he was a class speaker for his high school graduation. That he was a young man who went on to VCU to earn his bachelor's degree in biology with minors in chemistry, psychology, and was fluent in Spanish, as that was one of his minors as well that Marcus David Peters had no criminal history. And guess what? Even if he did have one, he was still a human. Okay, and so to watch him to be to watch the media, because the media has a big role, you know, in narratives. So to watch the city in the media try to make Marcus take the worst moment of his life and cause that to define him and to wipe up all of the good that he has done and who he was, I refuse to allow that to happen so there, I, it, there was no time to even mourn, you know it's kind of like, you know uh, I, I, I was in fight or flight mode and it was like you know, I have to, I contacted the media and I said I need to tell who Marcus David Peters was. And that's where it started. And I'm very thankful that, you know, within, I want to say about a week, you know, I was contacted uh, by, I believe it was Phil Willeco with the Virginia Defenders for Freedom, Justice and Equality. And he's like family to me now. And, you know, he connected me with amazing people. I remember going to Second Baptist Church with Reverend Harris, James Harris, and my uncle and I walked into a room of several people, diverse people. And they just knew that even though they didn't know Marcus David Peters directly, They knew that his murder was unjust and they knew that we could not sit on our hands and sit silently, you know. Um, And so I'm a strong believer that your silence is violence. And that's across the board, you know, from A to Z. And so that's that's where it began, you know, for me is there was no time to mourn. It was time to to jump into action, you know, and say, well, you know what, if this could happen to Marcus, it can happen to one of my three daughters. Okay, it can happen to one of my students. You know, as an educator, I have students with disabilities such as autism. And I know how just lights, you know, or sounds can cause them to start moving and well. and, And are we really going to say that because they did that, you know, or they were waving their hands because of lights being a trigger, that it was okay for an officer to shoot them? You know, is it okay to really say that? When a person is not in their right mind to the point where they can't even remember what they did, if they're given the opportunity to live and come out of it, that we're going to take their mental illness or whatever that last straw was that caused them to break and allow an officer to be judge, jury and executioner on the spot. I and so many others say no, that is not acceptable, you know, and that we demand more. We demand better. We demand that all Virginians are treated with humanity. You know, despite their mental status, despite their economic status, you know, despite any, you know, intersections, we have to do better because we know better.
1: You know, this is one of the reasons why the uh, Citizen Review Board, the Citizen Review Panel is so much needed in all of the uh, municipalities in Virginia. We're getting a lot of pushback here in Virginia Beach. I work with a couple of people, a couple of groups, rather, the Panther Rose Black Caucus and a group of the ministers. I can't think of the name of the group right now. Um, And we're meeting with the mayor and some of the other members of the city council. and they, They did not want the direction that's happening. They were resistant. And the reason that we're asking for things like this to happen is because of what you just described and it kills me because, and I probably shouldn't use that word kill, but once one of our people are killed, the police ask us not to rush for judgment, but you rush for judgment when you kill that person. And they're trained to. And, and they're trained. And then we got people say, well, we just need to give them better training. We have some of the best and highly trained police officers in the world. What will stop this is when they have to pay the same way I pay if I harm another human. When I harm another citizen, I have to pay. They should pay the same way that we pay. No one is above the law. That's what is told to us. No one is above the law, but we place others above the law. This stuff is
0: just... is. Absolutely. Uh. Uh valid points, and I want to get back to demands because that was something you asked me, but as an educator, we have very high levels of accountability, okay? As medic, you know, as a doctor, you know, or as a, a nurse, there are very high levels of accountability. You accidentally give someone the wrong medicine, okay? Your job is on the line, okay? As in teacher, you fail, you, you, not you fail, but if you do not ensure that your students uh, pass these very biased tests, your job is on the line, let you raise your voice at a student, you know, and you know, you're under evaluation. And so, why is it that we are fighting so hard for the police department to have accountability of what they're doing is not wrong and there's, there's no wrongdoings? But when we look at back to a part of your question about demands, early on in 2018, my family and community members were fighting for the markers alert bill. Back in 2018, it was not until after the unjust murder of George Floyd and the Richmond uprise that fear more so was pricked into our local and state legislators. And they said, wait a minute, we got to do something about this uprise. OK, now we need the Marcus Alert. OK, we've been calling for it since 2018, if you trace it back. The same thing with the Independent Civilian Review Board. That was one of our demands back in 2018 because we can't trust the police to police themselves. So when when you look at even legislation and when you say, "Okay, why a third party, these are bills that I work very directly with legislators on. Uh, I work for Senator Heshmi on the uh, Independent Civilian Review Board with subpoena power. And I read, I still have the bills. I read line by line and gave her a lot of feedback, which really was not wanted because the, the cake was already baked before they came to me with all of the bills. Okay, But it looked good to say we're working with Princess Blandon, you know, the sister of Marcus David Peters. But the cake was already baked. And I said to Senator Heshmi, why is this bill enabling? It's not mandatory across the state of Virginia, CRBs. It is an enabling bill, which basically says, if Hampton Roads, you know, if Newport News uh, Police Department wants to have a CRB, then you can have one, okay? But it's not mandatory and it also does not require that the board members are elected community members free. Of right. police officers and so on. So, again, you know, they gave us crumbs, and a lot of people took those crumbs and they got excited and thought we really had something to celebrate about. You know, and they did the same thing with the Marcus Alert bill. It sounds good that it's in that, you know, it's called the Marcus Alert bill, but even that we had to fight for. I remember uh, Charles Cugliato with the Legislative Services told me that you, I cannot be, you know, we could not name the bill the Marcus Alert. And I said, well, why not? He said, because we do not name bills after people. I said, oh, well, I played dumb. I said, well, I thought, don't we have the Amber Alert? And he said, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's it's policy that we don't name bills. I said, oh, well, I'm a visual learner, which I am. I said, please provide me with that policy. And he said, oh, well, we don't have anything in writing. It's just kind of what we do, you know. So again, we have to start asking questions. We need to be free thinkers and, and and question those that are in positions that are truly supposed to put the needs of the people first. Because what we see again is they're going to take the path of least restriction, of uh, restriction, and they resistance. Excuse me, the path of least resistance, and they're going to give us just enough to appease us. Okay, but even though what we really see What we dissected is that it's empty.
2: Have you heard
0: of the uh, Shanti Alert? Oh, absolutely, and and we and we talked about. I brought up the Shanti Alert and the Amber Alert, you know, and 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 uh, Mr. Quigliato got stumped when I said, "Well, please provide me, you know, this where this is in black and white where it says we cannot." So we actually had to come up with an acronym in order to have it called the marks. I mean, again, these are all of the loops that the. Democratic Party, because, again, it was Senator uh, Jennifer McCullen and uh, Delegate Jeff Bourne, you know, who reached out to me about the bill. Jennifer McCullen reached out to me after already having a She had a draft before she even reached out to me. You know, so, again, the cake was already baked, but it looked good. It sounded good. And again, we don't need legislators who are going to give us feel goods. You know, we need legislators who are going to give us, you know, that are going to be the voice of the unheard, that are going to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves. You know, I look at Marcus David Peters and again. That's my brother. I love him dearly. OK, we can't bring him back. But you know what? We just have Xavier Hill, who was just murdered by a police officer as well. Whether he was speeding or not, what we saw at the beginning of January, OK, is people taking over. OK, domestic terrorists. Taking over the U.S. uh, Capitol, okay, and we saw how police officers used every tool in their toolkit. I heard an officer saying to someone, please, this is a sacred area. Please take your feet down. Please don't do this, okay? So you can have people who are armed that you align with, but you find ways to deal with, you know, but when there are people that you don't align with, the first go-to is to go ahead and take out uh, the problem, and again... I don't know all of the ins and outs of Xavier Hill's uh, situation, but what I do know is Xavier Hill should have been here today and had his day in court. You know, again, how many of our our local or state legislators do you even hear talking about that?
2: So again,
0: you don't hear any of them. If they had it their way, Marcus David Peters' case would have been swept under the rug and silenced back in 2018. You know, we were told when we watched the video, we were kind of threatened and told, come and watch this video or we're going to release it to the public. And after we watched it, the offer, I remember, um, I believe it was Chief Durham or one of them in that administration said, we hope that, you know, you know, this this brings you closure. They were hoping that after we watched that video that we took the position that, you know, your brother deserved it, you know. But because we didn't and we fought it tooth and nail up until this day, you know, it it a lot has happened. You know, but again, we can't continue to be complacent with things when we see and know that it's wrong. No human deserves to be treated the way that Xavier Hill was treated, period. Nor Marcus David Peters. When we can see again the takeover of the Capitol and how the officers negotiated with them, that we're not saying kill them. We're just saying, as we hear all the time, don't kill us. Show the same restraint. For black people, for marginalized people, for brown people, for LGBTQ people, okay, as you do for people that you align with. So again, we've got a lot of work to do. And, you know, Princess Blandon as a vessel for the people in the Liberation Party, we're here for it. We demand the full course meal.
2: Tell us about your inspiration for the Liberation Party itself, because you just experienced the inaction of both Republicans and Democrats together. What makes Liberation Party your vessel?
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, with the Liberation Party, we are very strong believers that liberation is a human right. It's not a privilege. And when we talk about liberation, it's not just uh, racial justice that we're talking about. It's not just criminal justice. You know, um, you know, I live outside of Richmond, but I'm very, very involved, you know, and my, my ears and eyes are to the ground very heavily still with what goes on in Richmond. And when I'm getting calls saying, hey, Princess, you know, we, we need your assistance, you know, or what is it that we can do? Because we have people who are being put out of temporary shelters, okay, when we're dealing with freezing temperatures. And, and you know, the city over the summer said that they stumbled on X amount of million dollars. This is inhumane. You know, at what point do we say that housing is a human right? At what point do we say that food sovereignty, you know, is a human right, you know? Uh, at, at what point do we say that, you know what, this criminal justice system is broken on a really, really large scale, even to include our schools in the school-to-prison pipeline, you know? At what point do we say, we know that this is wrong, now we're going to do better, you know? And so, again... We've got a lot of work that needs to be done across the line in the liberation party. You know, we are prioritizing the voices and the needs of the people. We are not ran by big corporate dollars. You know, even this, even my campaign, we appreciate every dollar, you know, that comes in because we will not. We refuse to be. Uh, the mouthpiece of big corporations we are going to be courageous we are going to do what's in the best interest of the people we understand that when i become governor because we claim it okay that we will still have to to work with the democratic and the republican party okay but this is going to, to be a tripartisan show, okay we're going to all work together and what we're not going to do is back down on putting the needs of the people over profit in politics you know and and and, and again. I'm probably jumping questions that y'all may already have ready. We understand, okay, that there is a lot of work that needs to be done. My, you know, where I came from, my roots are with education. Where I evolved to became into criminal justice and racial justice. And as a governor, I understand that, you know, we have to look at the holistic picture. And we're here for it to ensure that every Virginian is able to live a liberated life. Free of worrying about a broken racist system where our black mothers have to have these conversations with our children about what to do and what not to do just so that they come home, knowing that even when you do right, you probably won't come home anyway, and there's not gonna be any accountability. Okay? We need to be able to live free of knowing that we have people who are living in food deserts and we have people who are living, you know, in areas that the crime rate is high and we just can't, you know, yell gun control without getting to the wide of the situation you know why the crime rate is high and it's not guns and isolation you know so um, i'm a talker so i'm gonna I'm a slow on down but we've got a lot of work to do and we as a liberation party you know our love and our allegiance and our dedication it's to the people you know the liberation party is fully volunteer okay it is fully volunteers and when i say i work with some of the hardest working people, and I've been a school administrator that has been overstaffed, but when I say that our teams are working around the clock, they're in it because they are they are fed up, and they know that we deserve better, but they also know that we absolutely can claim better, and that's what the Liberation Party is here to do, is to claim better for all Virginians, across the board, across political lines. Interesting,
1: interesting. Uh, I, I love the term liberation. I'm wondering how hard it's going to be to change the route of many of the elders you know those who are over 40 <laughs> in our communities because they're so highly trained that they're supposed to be either for the Washington football team or for the Dallas Cowboys you know they they're highly trained that they're either red or blue And those of us who are melanated think, hey, you can't be red. You got to be blue, you know, blue no matter what, no matter who. I heard that foolishness going around earlier. Uh, Mm -hmm. How do we because I'm an independent and I started off as a Democrat. I became a Republican for a short period of time. And then I landed where I needed to be as really being independent. Now, I did run, you know, a campaign as a Democrat, but since 1995, I've been a political independent. How do we share this message of liberation when many of us are so heavily tied, particularly those of us who are melanated, the uh, Black community, so-called Black community, we're so tied to the Democratic Party, like it's like Jesus was a Democrat or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, tra- tra- I believe that you know tradition uh, is it has plays a really really big role in it. You know, um, a lot of people you know are just change is hard, and this is something that their their, their mother was a Democrat, their great grandmother was a Democrat, and you know, I, I really feel that Black people we are and have been for far too long, and not just black people, but Democrats in general, people who have or have or currently identify as a Democrat, we have been in a relationship, an abusive relationship with the Democratic Party for far too long. Let me say it again. We have been in a very abusive relationship with the Democratic Party for far too long. And even though we see, and beyond seeing, we feel the failures of the Democratic party we still say you know but maybe if we vote this person in you know they're going to change it and maybe if we vote they are their allegiance is to the party we see that time and time and time again you know so I think that a big part of it is to enlighten people enlighten people as to who we are and what we're about right help people so that they can see you know a lot of times when you're able to relate you know, then you're more likely to be open, you know, so to be able to have people just take a second to analyze your life, you know, analyze your current conditions, you know, whether it's your living conditions, whether it's health care or the lack thereof, you know, because you have to choose between medication and, and keeping your lights on, right? When we have, if the Democratic Party is for the people as they say they are, Why, you know, are we still dealing with people facing housing insecurities? Why are we still dealing with people who are uninsured? You know, why are we still dealing with people, you know, with with our children, especially in our marginalized and black communities who are being pushed through the uh, school to prison pipeline? You know, why are we still dealing with Hampton Roads got a mess on their hands? Okay, just, you know, regarding climate change, you know. So what is it that's kind of like Janet Jackson? What have you done for me lately? You know, and we, we have to get to the point where we see that they can do much more than what they're doing. And it's definitely time for us to claim it. What is the harm in us trying something different? And again, I go back to saying change is not easy. But, you know, with the Liberation Party, with our campaign, we're required to obtain a certain amount of signatures, you know? And some people look at that as being a hurdle. I like to take my lemons and make the best lemonade out of it possible because as we have to obtain X amount of signatures, which 400 in each congressional district, we go ahead and we double it. Best practice to 800 in each congressional district. We have to get out there anyway to get the signatures. So why not build relationships and to enlighten people, empower people, and then mobilize them to let them see that there is better. You know, we absolutely can have better. You know, and so we're we're here for it. We look, I look forward to, you know, traveling around the Commonwealth and building relationships, you know. and As I was out over the summer with Joseph Rogers uh, and Alan Charles Shipman in Richmond, I ran uh, into an an older gentleman, black gentleman, and I'll never forget our conversation. I shared with you earlier. And he said to me, um, you know, politicians, they come out when they want our vote. They speak a good game, but they don't follow through and they never follow up. And I will never forget that, you know, because it is so true. You know, it is important to me to always, even when I become governor, to keep my eyes and ears and feet to the ground. You have to remember where you came from, because otherwise you lose focus as to why you got in that position in the first place.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Bro, real quick, I want to get Patrick Ingram's question, uh, which is a little off, it's a little different than the road that we were just driving on. How would you help support communities like Petersburg and hold their municipal leaders' accountable and if you can do that in 30 seconds
0: okay, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think that a, a big part of it, you know, accountability is putting the people in the steer in the steering wheel, right? Um, you know, so even when we look at, you know, the, the CRBs, right, the, the civilian review oversight, we have to start shifting the power from the people in positions to the people who are being affected, you know, by uh, uh, different legislation or the lack thereof. So being able to push the power, shift the power to the people. Um, and when our elected officials understand served and they got to go you know you can't keep underserving the people and keep you know your your current position and also uh we need to limit the amount of terms consecutive terms you know that our elected officials are allowed to serve in
2: i i would want to jump in here just a little bit and just mention that i've ran for office three times um, i got a goose egg going but i would point out that um I've been asked by people as I think about running, what is your winning formula? Oh, What is your plan to get so much and so much votes? And, and you got to realize when they talk about that, they're thinking about votes like it's some sort of assembly line. They, they think of everything at once. So what is the way to condense everything to generalities to get the most, as opposed to being the things that are the best? Um, I, I couldn't really put together, hey, this is, the surest way to have a, a good winning argument for the generalities. This is just things I think should be done, and I'm going to run on that. And I got 55,000 votes in the city of Virginia Beach for that. I, I think you can do something very similar, especially when you get to the point where you need to meet everyone you can to get all these signatures. And all 11 of our congressional districts. I think you said of what is it 800 per. Well, 400 minimum, but we're, we're bumping it up to yeah, 800. Up. Um, each one of those is a conversation. Absolutely. With the person that could you just need to show them uh, Seiko, for instance, just drink out of this mug. Um, you have a red mug, you have a blue mug. You need to show them there's different color mugs. They're doing different things. Um, I'd also point out, I uh, just heard today that uh, you know former President Donald Trump is very big on trying to start the idea of a patriot party. And if he does that, then that's easily 10, 15 percent of what we now know the Republican Party is just going to latch off and only vote for the Patriot Party. And we would think nationally, OK, Democrats got it in the bag now, but that might lead them to be a little lazy any more than they are already doing. And this is where Democrats could probably break off and start a progressive policy or a liberation party or something like that and seize the moment and spread out the ideas. We need as many ideas as possible.
0: Absolutely. You know, and again, I, I think that, you know, I, I say very frequently that this time is different. You know, people's eyes are open across the board, you know, um, not just people who have, you know, I was never into politics. I must be very, very honest with you. I'm not a career politician. I'm an impacted Virginian, you know, uh, but a lot of people's eyes are open, you know, um, you know, from young to old, from educated to non-educated, you know, to uh, politically knowledgeable to not, you know, and I think that, You know, whether it be the Liberation Party or just, you know, we have a large quantity of people, as was stated earlier, that just don't want to vote. You know, they don't want to vote because they don't believe in either of the uh, of the parties. Excuse me. So for us, this is an opportunity to not only reach them, but to be able to reach Republicans as well, to be able to reach people who identify themselves as Democrats and let them know this is a party for all of us. This is we, we, we do not have to continue to stay so divided. And that's what we are. You know, this is a party for all Virginians, um, you know, that is going to ensure that it's liberated liberation across the board for all of us. And so, you know, we definitely see this as an opportunity uh, to claim better. For all Virginians um, across all intersections. And, you know, some people say, you know, well, as a third party, you guys have a a lot of odds against you. If there's 1% chance that we can make it, then we're gonna run really, really hard with that 1% chance. And I'm a strong believer that the only battle lost is the battle never fought, okay? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing that I didn't try. You know, Our team and our supporters, we would not be able to sleep at night knowing that we didn't try because then we become complacent with the systems that are in place and the systems that are in place are broken and they are not equitable for us all.
2: That's pretty much it right there. Um, Before we go ahead and get closer to wrapping it up, I wanted to see if you wanted to touch on three to four things that are really reaching out to you that if you had no party and you were literally running on your name only, what are the things that speak to you? that you want to change?
0: Um, definitely mental health. Oh man. You know that as, as many know that hit me very hard, you know, to see how you can go from okay to not okay in the blink of an eye and to see how with the pandemic, the instances of, of mental health crises are going to continue to increase, and knowing that we do not have a strong plan in place to ensure that individuals experiencing mental health crises receive help, not death, is beyond concerning to me. It's beyond inhumane to me. So definitely, um, our work in, in strengthening the Marcus Alert Bill, um, you know, for, for all Virginians. Um, as an educator, that's that's my heart. You know, I work with my babies. I call them my babies because I have like over 130 babies to include my own. Um, I love them dearly, but it's really, really important that, you know, we look at our education system as a whole, you know, and continue to work towards uh, and making sure that we're able to meet the holistic needs of our students and our educators. You know, we're we're, we're, we're doing we're doing this because this is what we care about. This is what we, we're passionate about. However, educators are not treated and we're surely not compensated as professionals, you know, and so that's really important to me and to make sure that even the infrastructure of our buildings, it's kind of like, you know, when you look good, you know, you carry yourself with your head up high, you know, and you, and you give your best. But when our kids are going to buildings that don't have heat in the winter time, you know, that are falling apart, it's really, really hard for them to walk with their head up high and feel really good about there. So, so, you know, we have across the board, from, and even to include ending the school-to-prison pipeline, education is something that is really near and dear to me. And also, as I'm sure many people know, um, you know, I'm a science person, so in addition to criminal justice and racial justice, environmental justice is really, really important uh, to me as well. And we have to act on uh, you know, the the, the the lingering threats, you know, of our inaction for so long, not later, but right now.
2: I would like to think that that helps to uh, answer Chioma's question because she wanted to ask what set you apart. And I, I think that does it right there. That you're, You care that much about those specific issues that many aren't even talking about.
0: Thank you. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh,
1: Princess, wow. I love listening to you. <laughs> love listening to you. We need to take a quick break. And talk about some other people that we truly love as well. So, Conrad, why don't we talk about that vehicle that you love so much?
2: (laughs) Just like uh, the hopefully one day many options of a party, you have many options to choose a car. And my option that I chose is um, down in Chesapeake, 1248 South Military Highway, Southern Volkswagen, part of the Southern Auto Group. Uh, make yourself um, available to help one day. Hop on in and uh, speak to Charlie Roy. Get yourself a, a nice car like I got. I got myself a Jetta from Southern Greenbrier Volkswagen and enjoy it.
1: Beautiful. They definitely have some of the best cars you can get in the Hampton Roads area. I want to shout out some other podcasts that I think everyone should be following, the What's Your Revolution podcast with Virginia Beach on Dr. Charles Corpru. You can find that on Apple or wherever you find your podcasts. A uh, Black Wall Street today with Blair Durham. It's a great business podcasts, particularly those here in the Hampton Roads area, Uh, but she does have international and national acts who appear on the podcast, and they give great information on how, if you're a business person, you can improve your business and get the inspiration that you need to continue doing great business. The Get On Code podcast is my podcast. You can find that on Apple and wherever podcasts are Found, hey, we are a series of melanated conversations focused on improving our collective situation. So, if that sounds intriguing to you, find the Get On Code podcast. And I want to take this time to highlight Common Sense. That's commonsenseforyou.org. Go to commonsenseforyou.org. They have healthy health and beauty aids. A lot of times, health and beauty aids aren't really healthy for you. Uh, so, for instance, toothpaste is great at cleaning your teeth. It's not great for your body. So you might want to look at the herbal tooth powder that you can find by Common Sense For You. So that's commonsenseforyou.org commonsenseforyou.org and finally I'm Seiko Varner with Positive Vibes Financial and I help real estate investors find the funds they need to flip those properties we can help you obtain 90% of the purchase price 100% of the rehab cost and all you have to do is call or email us We'd love to talk to you so call email text Positive Vibes Financial We can help you receive 90% of the Acquisition cost, 100% Of the rehab costs, so we can make The Commonwealth a more beautiful And beneficial place Than we inherited it Somebody caught that, somebody caught that uh, <laughs> Yes, you can Find those podcasts on Android As well, I'm an Android phone User, so salute that Um, We have some people that are saying Hey reach out to me princess Because they really like what you're doing And I love Jeff Staples message He said there are a hundred types of cereal There are a hundred types of cereal On the shelves on the grocery store We just need everyone to understand That there are options There are options There are political options I had people telling me Well if you don't vote for If you don't vote then that's to vote for Trump. And we, a lot of us believe that. <laughs> a lot of us truly believe that because we've come to accept some really simple lies. And one of those lies is you don't have options. You have to choose between the lesser of two evils. You don't have to vote for evil. You can vote for liberation now. So let's vote for liberation. Ladies and gentlemen, back to Princess planning.
2: Go ahead, Conrad, take us away. I definitely want to thank you, um, Miss Princess, for coming on tonight to the Beach Brothers Show, Um, telling all the viewers in the Hampton Roads area about yourself and how you're running for governor based on your ideas, your experience. And I know it's a, a long way to November, so we would love to have you back on.
0: Thank you for having me, and um, thank you for those who uh, would like to reach out. You can definitely visit us and contact me at www.princessbladen.com. We need all hands on deck, and I am just a vessel for the people. So this is this campaign, this run is for all Virginians. Mm-hmm.
1: Was brought to you by Positive Vibes Incorporated, our consulting services. We do credit fixes, we do tax resolution, we lend private money and debt consolidation. So if you need some of these services, we're waiting here for you. Credit fixes, tax resolutions, private money, and debt consolidation. Stay flush stay flush stay flops, stay flop, stay fly, stay flop, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay conscious, stay fly.